0: We are live from the great state of Tennessee. I'm your host, Patrick Simpson, and this is Paranoid, the podcast where we break down conspiracy theories and unsolved mysteries and separate fact from fiction. So this week's story of the week, a lot of people tag me in. It's actually kind of funny. It's nothing serious. Um, so everybody knows who Demi Lovato is, I'm assuming. She is currently promoting a new documentary called Unidentified, where they embark on a road trip to investigate the truth about UFOs. Um, not really sure when that comes out. I don't know. Don't really care, honestly. But she comes out and says that we need to stop referring to extraterrestrials as aliens because it is derogatory and that word should no longer be used for potential otherworldly visitors. Um she says, like I said, basically direct quote, don't call them aliens because it is a it is a derogatory term for anything. Um She says, I call them ETs, which is interesting. Um, There's a whole article on this. I'm not going to read it all. Like I said, I was tagged a bunch of it. Um, She's one of the biggest. There's a few big celebrities out there that talk about um, UFOs, extraterrestrials. She's probably the biggest one. Like I said, she thinks she's part working on this documentary that's going on. Um, But. That is interesting um, for her to assume. So she's the spokesperson. I'm assuming she's the spokesperson for aliens now. She says, "Do not call them that. It is derogatory. We need to call them ETS." I don't think they care what they're called by us. Maybe they do. I don't know. Except, I think she claims to have an encounter. So maybe during that encounter, they told her that was derogatory. Honestly, don't know. Um, There's a lot of jokes that could be made about this that are insensitive. Um, I'm not going to make jokes about her, but it is funny, interesting that she says that. So if you are on the Demi Lovato bandwagon, then you need to stop using the word aliens. I myself am going to keep using that word. But if you want to be extraterrestrial politically correct, then you need to start calling them ETs. So you can do whatever you want, but that's what the leader of the Celebrity UFO Army has said, so you can either listen to her or you can just ride with me and keep calling them whatever you want until they come themselves and say whatever they want to be called. But let's go ahead and get into the actual story for today. Most of the time, I don't actually talk about current events or recent things that are going on in the world. Um, There's a pretty popular case that's going on in Florida about um, a young lady that went missing with her fiance. I think most of you probably heard of it but there's a lot of stuff that goes on current events that I don't actually really talk about. Most of the time, the things that I talk about are like past things, things that are already at least closed or happened a long time ago. It's just always been weird for me. I don't know for some reason to talk about current events or things like that that's currently going on just because I feel like a lot of podcasts, like, I don't know, they get entertainment off of it. I don't know, but, I was just thinking about it and one i don't make any money from this podcast there's no ads um you listening isn't supporting me in any kind of way except for like moral support um I'm not getting anything from this outside of my own entertainment and then two um not that i have a giant listenership but i have a pretty decent sized listenership around different kind of states and you just never know. Like, I've listened to some podcasts before, like bigger, way bigger ones, like Crime Junkie and those like that, where someone was listening and was like, hey, I know this person, or I swear I've seen that person a week ago. Like, you just, the world is a big place, but in the grand scheme of things, it's really not that large. So, you never know. Someone might be listening that knows something. I mean, you just never know. And I think to myself, what if my son, daughter, mom, dad, sister, brother, best friend was missing, I would want as many people talking about it as possible. Um, There would not be enough, no matter what your intentions were. If I had an open case on a family member, yes, talk about it. Please, anybody that knows anything, you just never know. So something I'm going to talk about, it's not necessarily recent, happened four years ago, but it is still a pending investigation. And there's actually a lot of clues. It's honestly surprising it hasn't been solved. But there's a lot of clues out there. And like I said, a lot of my listenership is in Florida, but we have some international listeners and listeners all over the United States. And so you just never know who might know something. So I'm just going to put this out there. And like I said, at least you'll at least be aware of it, if anything. So we'll go back to 2017. Um, This is a... Currently, it's basically a cold case. It is still open, but there's not much traction going on, but it's, it gained a lot of popularity because, because most people I assume listening have heard of the app Snapchat, and most of the time when younger people go out, they Snapchat everything. We have two young girls, very young girls, that were out, I think on the railroad, just doing normal kid things, and... Unfortunately, their lives were taken from them way, way, way too short. But they were very smart, very aware of their surroundings, very aware of how to handle these type situations. So one of the young ladies actually was able to have her Snapchat going while this situation was going on with their abduction. So unlike most cases where this basically just cold, we have no leads, We actually, not only do we have a picture, very blurry, but there is a picture of the actual person. We also have his voice, and that is the reason why this case has gone so crazy, because it's like, how has this not been solved? We have a picture. We have a voice. How has this not been solved? Well, we're going to dig in and see what we can find out. This is the story of the Snapchat murders. So we go back to February 13th of 2017. Two best friends, um, the names were Abigail Williams, I think she went by Abby, and Libby German. Abby was 13, Libby was 14. Um, they had a sleepover, I think, at Libby's place. Um, there was, they both had the school day off. I can't remember the background on it. I think it was, um, it may have been weather related or something like that but um so they both had the day off um night before they had a sleepover and they planned to go hiking near the area of mondan high bridge trail um basically east of where they live just a small town called delphi indiana um they wanted to get out take some photographs and explore their favorite place um they were very outdoorsy which is very rare most people most kids younger kids love to stay inside and all that They love to hike, love taking photographs of flowers and trees, adventuring scenic trails, um, very outdoorsy, tons of pictures. I think they love to draw, too. Um, This was their type of thing. So they had school day off, so that's what they were going to do. Go out, do some hiking, take some pictures. At about 1.45 that afternoon, this was, if I didn't say, it's February 13th, 2017. It's about 1.45 that day. Family member dropped them off at the abandoned bridge where they like to hike, um, which this is where the picture takes place at. Um, They agreed that they would meet their family back in the same location later that afternoon. And this is the bridge where the first picture takes place on Snapchat. Um, Libby posted it on her Snapchat. Uh, It's actually Indiana's second highest bridge. This Snapchat was posted at 207. Um, it was just a picture of Abby walking across the bridge. No one in the background, no one else there. Completely empty, but um, this was the last Snapchat photo that Libby posted of Abby walking across the bridge. And that was the very last post. Um, I don't know what time exactly they were supposed to meet, but. They didn't show up at the agreed-upon location that afternoon, and thankfully, the family immediately reported the girls missing to the Delphi Police Department and the Carroll County Sheriff's Office. Said a lot of times, if you follow any kind of true crime stories, a lot of times they just assume the people are running late or they misunderstood or whatever, and time is precious when it comes to these type of things. But immediately said these girls because they're not the types to ever be late. They go hiking, mm. do stuff all the time and they're never ever late. So the parents knew at this moment that when they weren't on time that something was definitely wrong. So they immediately did report them missing and police firefighters immediately dispatched everybody basically. So it's a small town, stuff like this doesn't happen. So the moment someone's reported missing Basically, it's all hands on deck to go out and search the area. Over 100 searchers responded in like I said, a small town, basically all hands on deck. Aerial searches basically went until the remaining daylight hours. Later that evening, um, they tried to ping the girls' phones, um, weren't picking up anything. The sheriff basically stated the girls' phones were either turned off or the batteries had gone dead. You don't really know like that's not something the local companies can track like it's like it's off it's off they don't really know if it was manually turned off or if the batteries had just gone dead it would be an important detail to know but that's not something that they can figure out Um, at approximately midnight the search was called off Um, the volunteers on their own continue searching through the night but aerial views and sheriffs basically can only go for so long but a couple of volunteers stayed searching through the night. The search resumed through the morning along deer Creek and farther out the trail. Um, searchers had just hoped that they had simply got lost, but like I said, it's time. It's not a giant area. Time kept kept going on. It was pretty clear that they weren't just lost or running late. Um, something wrong had happened. Approximately one mile from where the two girls vanished, um, searchers, Volunteer searchers found two bodies on a private piece of property along Deer Creek, a little north of the bridge. February 14th, 2017, that next day, at about 1.50 p.m., Sheriff Lesenby, Delphi Police Chief Steve Mullins, and Indiana State Police hold a joint press conference to announce that two bodies were found during their search, but at that moment saying the bodies had yet to be identified, um, but didn't take long. Next day, February 15th, at... 2.33 2.33 p.m., they held another joint press conference and announced that the bodies have been identified and confirmed as Libby German and Abby Williams. And like I said, I mean, community is, would be heartbroken anywhere, but these small towns, 200 300,000 people towns, like stuff like this just doesn't happen until it obviously does. But at this current moment, no one exactly knows what's going on. It's just, it's just an isolated incident. The person's still in town. Is this the beginning of more, like nobody's going outside, children are terrified, schools, I don't even know what, what's happening at the schools, but at the current moment, we don't know what exactly is going on. So the community is just completely terrified, which is completely understandable. Also, which is the interest, the most interesting part about this, at that February 15th news conference, the Indiana State Police released a photo of an unidentified man walking along the, that historic trail found on the girl's phone. Like I said, you have to Google it to see what I'm talking about. But Abby posted that Snapchat of Libby walking across the bridge. And the picture that they release is the, this man that they're trying to figure out who this is walking along that same exact bridge. Authorities announced they wanted to speak to anyone that had parked in the nearby lot or had been anywhere around the trail that day. The girls had visited the park. And like I said, you'd have to Google this. Um, I'll post it on the pictures on my Twitter as well. But it's the picture. um, Like I said, um, this was actually posted um, on the girl's Snapchat, basically. Um, And hes you can't see his face, but he's wearing jeans, looks like black shoes, has on a navy blue jacket, and looks like a hat. Um, it is a white male, but you can't really see much of his face. He has his hands in his pocket and he's walking towards the girl. Now I can't remember if they actually posted this or I think they had just might not have been Snapchat. I think they just actually just took this picture. And that is interesting in itself. Um, like I said, you will learn more as we start going through the story, but these girls are very aware, very smart. And the fact that they took this picture makes me think they had a bad feeling or just something. Um, But they got this picture and said, it's still unsolved, but it's definitely very helpful. And the fact that they even got this picture means they had a bad feeling about something. Then five months into the investigation, the Indiana state police released a composite sketch of that man on the bridge, hoping someone may recognize him and make a call. And in addition to taking this picture, they were able to record the audio of this suspect. Um, it is to some degree muffled and kind of hard to hear, but the, the part that you can clearly hear is down the hill. And I'll play that audio now just so you can hear what exactly that voice sounds like. Down 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 Again, like I said, very it's kudos to them for having, except like in that moment, I mean, I'm way older than them, and I don't know if I would even have the wherewithal to, like, think on um, the dot like this. So, in fact, 13, 14-year-old had the, you know, the knowledge to even think on the, think like this while this is all going on. It's just, it's really, it's really a kudos to them. Um, so, you you have that saying, and we have... A composite sketch, and we have a actual picture of this exact person. Um, and despite this, like I said, tons of tips come in, tons of calls and stuff, but they're not able to still throughout all this time pinpoint exactly who it is. Um now on an indie on an Indianapolis Channel report, um, Delphi investigation, they say that though nothing has else has come in, they state that this case isn't cold. The Indiana State Police Superintendent says, this is exact quote, there's a person out there that knows who did it, not a hunch, they know who that person is. They know that voice, and they know those clothes, they know that posture, they know that stance, and they know who murdered those two little girls in that quiet place. And I don't know if he just says this because he just has a hunch that someone knows, or because like I said, they're not giving out much information outside of these two little videos. Part of me thinks part of this investigation, they found some other stuff that they're not saying. But I have to think that he's probably right. Like I said, you have, you have to Google all this. We have a voice. We have a clear, Like we can't see the face, but we have a composite sketch. We have a picture, a full body picture, to see basically what his outfit was that day, how his posture was, like someone out there probably saw that person that day that knows them and saw that exact clothes and is just scared to say something. And there's a couple of reasons why. One, the most simplest option is they don't, they don't want to report this person because it could be a close family member. It could be, I don't know, husband, wife, brother, or something that they're trying to defend. The other reason is they have a hunch, they have a feeling like, hey, that looks like not necessarily family member, that looks like someone I know, looks like a neighbor. But most people, which is tend to be a good thing, tend to look for the best in people. So you're like, there's just no, like, yeah, that looks like a neighbor. It looks like someone from down the road. There's just no way that they did this. And you don't want to be that person that calls in that person and then they didn't actually do it. And then you put them in that situation. So most people tend just to not say anything, but... Like I said, with all the information we have, there is someone, multiple people more than likely out there that 100% know who this person is. Like we have clear voice. We have full body picture. Clothes is pretty clear. Um, Someone out there, it's it's a small town. The other thing that is also interesting about this investigation um, is that they believe that this person was not just someone that was like just never been there and had just randomly just showed up there said they have reason to believe the suspect might be hiding in plain sight and that the person is all but definitely familiar with the area of Delphi whether it be living or working there Um, and another plea was made for help in identifying the driver of a vehicle that was left abandoned on the highway um, that exact day Like there's just so many things. I think those plates were local plates. I'm not sure how they didn't figure that part out. But like I said, this from what they gather, this isn't just someone from Florida or some random state that just came by. More likely this person, they may have ran away, but there's a good chance this person is, at least at that time that the investigation was going on, was actually still there, which is really crazy. Like I said, we're not talking about Indianapolis, Miami, Nashville. We're talking about a small town of delphi where you know your neighbor's name you know their kid's name you know their grandkids name you know the store owner of every store like it's not a big town someone if not a few people out there know exactly who this is like i said they're just either out of helping the person or just like said they're kind of just doubting themselves they don't know um which is a big lesson about this, which is another reason why I did this episode. Not even related to this, because I don't. I haven't checked the analytics. don't think I have that many listeners in Indiana, but there's times you might see on your local news something like this. Maybe not even something this crazy. It could just be something smaller. But they'll release a composite sketch or some pictures, and you're probably looking at be like, that looks like someone. But in your mind, you talk yourself out of it. You're like, no, there's no way that person would do that. But again, like I said, these people, these little girls, they have parents, they have family, people that love them, people that were looking for them. And if like I said the words that can like accept tips are anonymous, um, you don't have to put your name or anything on these type of tips or any type of thing. So there's no harm in calling crime your local crime stoppers and just giving the tip. They'll never know it's you. And like I said, if it's not them, they'll be cleared. But if it is, you could help someone reach justice like i said i don't i've never been in that situation but i'm sure some of you have like especially if you some of you that live in smaller towns you're like yeah i definitely know who that person is like i said not even talking about something this serious it could just be like a small crime type thing or just something that happened on the local news you're like, yeah that looks like someone i went to high school with blah 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 like i said you know no one especially people my age no one wants to be a snitch but Sometimes doing the right thing, you know, doing the right thing is not easy but it is necessary. So like I said, this situation, no um probably a good chance that no one is that's listening probably knows much about this, but who knows? But it's kind of just a lesson period in life like doing the right thing isn't hard. Sometimes follow your gut. If your gut tells you something, just follow it. So on March 1st of 2017, Former Indianapolis Colts punter Pat McAfee, who, if you're on Twitter, you definitely know who that is, especially on your sports Twitter. Everybody knows who Pat McAfee is. But Pat McAfee and Colts team owner Jim Irsay donated $97,000 to the reward fund. Um, that puts the reward now up to $230,000 for information leading to the arrest and prosecution of the individual that did this. Um, in an ABC, local ABC report in Delphi, Indiana, um, Says, FBI seeks tips on behavioral changes to help catch Delphi killer. FBI makes a plea to the public to think back to Monday, February 13th, the day that the teens went missing, asking questions like, did someone you know make an excuse for missing an appointment? These are direct quotes, just direct questions. Just think if you had an indirect interaction with an individual who inexplicably canceled an appointment that you had together. Where an individual called in to work sick and canceled a social engagement. At that time, they gave you what thought would have been a plausible explanation. Quote, my cell phone broke, I had a flat tire, but things in retrospect that don't really make sense. And like I said, this is a small town. That's the big thing about this. It's a small town, they think it's someone local. So they want you, you know, if you own a business, if you have a job and you think back, hey, this guy who's somewhat in that Description range, randomly called out and was like, hey, I gotta go to Verizon, my cell phone broke, or something just weird, like, oh, my kid is sick, like just some random excuse on that day. Just think back. Um, because like I said, you can it's gonna be like I said, they're thinking of someone local, someone that basically was off the grid that day, you know, just to think back on anything that was weird, like someone, hey. We're supposed to go to dinner, but hey, I'm having troubles with something. I can't make it, which in the grand scheme of things, like, yeah, they might have been a legit excuse, but think back, you know, like, okay, that I do remember him saying, hey, I can't make it. And I mean, he doesn't necessarily fit the description, but he's kind of close. Like, just think really hard, basically. Um, they also ask, did an individual travel unexpectedly? Did they change their appearance? Did they shave their beard, cut their hair, change the color of their hair? Did they change their way they dress? Um, anything like that, you're like, wow, hey, my co worker just randomly like just changed this entire dude. Um, which at that time you didn't think you like, okay, whatever, it's weird, but now you look back, you're like, yeah, he changed his hair from black to brown or blah blah blah. Like, there's just certain things that if you, you know, my memory is not great, but hopefully, these people's memories are better. Think back to February 2017, you could probably think of someone that did something like that. Um, Even, like, behavioral psychologists have dug into this and helped out, Um, and these are some behavioral patterns that they think could have happened shortly after February 13th, 2017. Some of those are someone who developed a different sleep pattern, started abusing drugs or alcohol, has become anxious or irritable. Someone who has followed this case, like, super closely, like, always was watching it, keeping up with it someone who has had ongoing conversations about where they were on February 13th, someone who has visited that location and someone who has taken photographs in the area of the trail in the bridge. And the big thing, which is like what I was saying, police say don't ever feel bad about reporting odd behavior. It could have everything to do with getting justice for these two girls. It also could save other children from a similar outcome. Cause we don't know if these type of people will ever strike again. In addition, If the person is innocent, it will only take a couple of minutes of their time and they will never know you were the ones that made the report. That is a big one. Like I said, I know a lot of people, you know, what's going on in the world don't like calling the police on people. Um, Like I said, I, I understand it completely. And I don't think you just just blindly do it like people call the police for just the dumbest reasons. But I mean, if you see someone that looks somewhat similar to this and gave you a weird excuse and shaved their head the day after, I mean, Come on now, like it's yeah, there's still a chance it may not be them, but you have to do your due diligence and at least give the police heads up so they can clear their name. During this time, there have been some persons of interest that, like I said, haven't just been completely cold. There's been people that have been looked at. Um, nothing has come out of it, but some interesting ones um, that were out there um, on July 23rd, 2019, a man named Paul Etler Etter was wanted for the kidnapping of a 26-year-old woman in Tippeconte County, which is, I guess, not that far away. Five days later, surrounded by the police, and after a five-hour standoff, he ended up dying of suicide, but they thought there's a chance that he could be connected, but they were never able to talk to that person. Um, the big one, um, and this is a big name if you follow true crime. I've never done an episode on this, but if you're big into the true crime thing, there's a man named Daniel Nations, um, very notorious serial killer in the Colorado area. Um, he was a registered sex offender originally from Indiana, but he was arrested in Colorado um, and charged with threatening strangers on a trail with a hatchet. Um, he had expired Indiana plates, um, which was noticed by the police, and they eventually discovered an outstanding warning warrant on his name um, and on january 5th 2018 nations was sentenced to three years of probation for what he did in colorado however he was not released since he had an active warrant back out on him in indiana on january 24th nations was transferred to indiana officials um, basically it was for his charges failure to register as a sex offender Um, Like I said, this was a very popular case in Colorado. Um, I may do an episode on that. I'm not going to dig into it. But it's a very popular name, like I said, and he has ties actually to um, Indiana. And he was harassing people on the trail, which made them think, hey, he could be connected to this. But in early February of 2018, authorities said the Nations was no longer considered a person of interest. I'm assuming he had an alibi for that time, I mean that's the only thing I could assume. But they really thought that this might have been the person, or um, originally, um, another man named Charles Eldridge was arrested on January eighth, two thousand nineteen, um, in a nearby city in Indiana, um, for child solicitation charges. Um, the police in that county alerted the FBI to a, a potential link between Eldridge and the Delphi murders. On account of his strong resemblance to the suspect sketch Um, but again this person was also cleared Um, I'm assuming alibi other things that didn't match up I'm not sure but there's been a few times that they thought they had someone uh, most of the time it probably was guessing picking at straws but they were not able to basically come to any kind of conclusions but there has been a few close calls over the last few years and, like I said, though they haven't really come upon any new leads, they do not consider the case cold solely because there's just too much information out there. Someone knows something, they're basically just waiting for the person that knows something to come out and say something. Um, approximately 6,000 electronic billboards in 46 states have been used to get information from the public. Um, as of now, investigators have received over 30,000 tips and have interviewed thousands of potential suspects um Indiana State Police Department the FBI the Carroll County Sheriff's Department and the Delphi Police Department still follow up on leads and they vow to solve this murder case the investigators have a motto that says quote today is the day and each day at the department they start the day out with a prayer um that prayer is as we gather today for our work that we have been assigned to let us pray today's the day today is the day that we're going to get closer to the end today is the day we're going to get closer to getting justice for abby and libby we all have worked tragic cases nothing like this i can't put anything close to this case So like i said i mean it's a small community i'm assuming nothing else like this has happened since then so like they have made it their number one goal to solve this like I said a team of investigators continue to work the case that they are answering, tracking down thousands of leads. Like no stone is going unturned. They are still working on this um, investigations. You know, if you don't know anything about true crime, obviously it's a huge roller coaster ride. Ride, you get some really, really good leads. Like so, some of these have been really good, and. Eventually, except the person has an alibi or that person's not alive anymore. And it's like, it's frustrating because the person that did this could not be alive. Like, something I means it's been four years, something could have happened to them, and you will never actually get a confession. And that's what makes it super frustrating. I mean, it's all just basically all on hope. Um, um, unsolved homicide posters still hang in the local company's windows. The entire community still stands united behind Lad Libby and Abby's family, and like I said, law enforcement is still working on the case. People who live in Delphi still place orange, orange patio bulbs on their homes, representing everyone committed to ensuring the golden glow lights light up the town until the killer of Abby and Libby is caught. And again, like I said, I can't stress this enough. I'm assuming I'm just going to assume. You never know. But I'm assuming no one that listens to this knows anything. I don't even know if I have that, except not that many Indiana listeners. But the story is, like I said, don't be afraid to follow your hunch. It doesn't even have to be, like I said, murder investigation. It could be just something small. Like I said, no, one, you know, people younger don't want to be a snitch. But when it comes to st- certain things that are serious that involve justice, don't be afraid to speak up. Like I said, we have 13, 14-year-olds lives were taken way too soon. Um, From what we know, they both love music. Both played the alto saxophone in their middle school band. They love photography and painting. They both were signed up to play softball. Libby is remembered as the baker of the family. She loved making chocolate chip cookies. She could throw, they say she could throw a batch of cookies together like no other. Libby loved using sticky notes. She would leave sticky notes on her grandma's car visor, one that she um the grandma read out for the on the news was quote i love you thank you for everything you do for me and kelsey she would leave sticky notes all over the house even giving her teacher sticky notes always showing people appreciation for what they did for her in the aftermath of her murder her class presented her grandparents with jars filled with sticky note messages from each child in the class just a way that the classmates up with the loss, um, a reminder of how much Libby is missed. Libby had dreams of becoming a science teacher and loved finding c- cures and solving crimes so much that she took additional classes at Purdue University, even though she was only 14, which makes sense as to why you know she was so aware to do the things she did as far as taking pictures and recording. Um, it was her passion, um, and it may end up being the reason why this ends up being solved like libby um abby drent of doing something within forensics and police work um so both of them really were big into solving crimes i'm sure they probably they're young but they listened right listen to podcasts they probably listen to true crime podcasts so they had known like so they go out and stuff all the time i'm sure they had probably talked probably had talked with each other um they say abby's favorite thing to say was is there anything i can do to help Always was a joyful spirit. Um, like I said, love photography, love arts and crafts, like everything that we know. I mean, I don't see why this would not be true. But, um, they were just really good people, really loving people, and they would have gone on to do really good things in this world. Like I said, they wanted to solve crime. One's already taking classes at Purdue at 14. Like I said, their lives were taken way too soon. And like I said, that's the reason why I did this episode. Like I said, not to necessarily solve this crime. But there's a big crime going on in Florida right now where a lot of my listeners are. I see stuff on the news that sometimes I kind of just blow off and I'm like, hey, I I was kind of in that mall earlier that day. And instead of thinking about, did I see anything? I just kind of continue on with my life. Like if it doesn't affect me, it doesn't affect my friends or family, then we kind of just ignore it and move on. But it's not really the way to live life. Like I said, if some, God forbid, something ever happened to someone I know, I would want everyone out there to do everything possible to solve it. And that's why I said I don't get pleasure or anything out of covering these. Like it's not entertaining, but it is important. Like I said, every life is precious and we should address it as if it was one of ours. Like I said, if you see, know anything, don't think you're being a snitch. Don't think you're doing the wrong thing because you just never know what you might end up solving one day. That is all I got for today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at underscore Patrick Simpson. Um, Discuss anything. Um, As always, any kind of suggestions. I always try to do suggestions, try to be interactive. Uh, Appreciate always people talking about the podcast. That's where you can hit me up and discuss anything. If you haven't subscribed take a quick second just to press that subscribe button um if you haven't left a review really appreciate it um just leave an honest review so that new people that are joining can get an unbiased review. nobody who cares what i think about my podcast i love my podcast but if you love it just take a quick second to add a review and help grow this community and we'll be back next week with a very new episode my name is patrick simpson and this is parent